Betches Media presents Not Another True Crime Podcast. It's all fun and games until someone gets hurt. Welcome back to Not Another True Crime Podcast. I'm Sarah Levine. And I'm Danny Murphy. And you know us as your partners in wine, crime, and time. But we had to make a bigger reservation for our happy hour today because we have a special guest on, (laughs) don't we, Sarah? The happy hour in my head. Yes, the happy hour in my head and also in our hearts. Um, We sure did. Today, we're joined by podcaster, filmmaker, and director Payne Lindsay. You guys probably already know him, but hello. Welcome to the show. Hey guys, how you doing? Is it too early to drink yet or or no? Not on the show. You don't know it's who not. you're talking to. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. I studied abroad in London maybe 28 years, like 10 years ago, and it has stuck with me that time. So five <laughs> o'clock is very early for me. Are you guys in New York? Where are you guys at right now? Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Where are you right now? I'm in Montana. So I'm two hours Ooh. behind. Yeah. Okay. Mountain time. All right. Mountain time. I yes. love that. I You're love breathing that. fresh air. I'm breathing um like a <laughs> you know, shell gas in a gas station down the street. I was gonna say yeah. Jersey bus fumes, yeah. like <laughs> great for the skin, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. Nice and dewy. <laughs> <laughs> we'll call it that. <laughs> love it. Well, you guys probably know pain as the voice and just brains behind true crime podcast hits like Up and Vanished and Atlanta Monster, but We're excited to talk to him today. I'm excited to talk to you guys. Yeah. So I feel like most people at least know you from the first season of Up and Vanished, which was so huge. Can you just talk to us a little bit about the Tara Grinstead case and what what drew you to it? I mean, just like you guys and many others out there, I was kind of always obsessed with true crime. And five or so years ago, I just decided after listening to Serial that I want to make my own true crime podcast and go investigate a cold case, which was absolutely crazy as hell. And I did it. And I found a case of a missing woman named Tara Grinstead from my home state of Georgia in the small town of Osceola. And it was uh, nearing 12 years unsolved and no one had any idea what happened to her. It had kind of, uh, it, it kind of left the news circuit and was kind of just unspoken and I just went to this little town with my microphone and started recording people and interviewing people. And about six months into the podcast, there was a huge break in the case and they made two arrests. And since then, uh, a bunch of information has come to light about what may have happened to Tara. But unfortunately, uh, because the government sucks, uh, the trial has not happened yet. <laughs> it's the crazy part. Yeah. But they keep saying it's going to happen soon, but I, I don't believe them anymore. Oh, really? Ugh. Well, I feel like this is very relatable to our listeners. Had you ever investigated anything before? Like, or did you like, did you just start knocking on doors, talking to people or had you had experience doing this? Uh, I had no experience doing this. Um, I mean, I, I had done some like super light uh, documentary short film stuff. So I've, I've interviewed people before and, you know, done that kind of thing, but nothing in the investigative realm really at all. That it's so cool. inspirational yeah, because exactly. Annie, we're about to go. <laughs> we're going to go off because no, it's because I feel Hi guys. Bat, yeah, I have yeah. to go. Yeah. My Batmobile. We're going to go solve a murder. Sorry. <laughs> uh, yeah. We'll, we'll wrap that up. Yeah. Uh, but exactly. Cause it's like, I feel like, especially even after watching a lot of documentaries and stuff like that, you just so many times and you just kind of get to the end of it. And they're like, 
and that's all we know. And then it's the people on the couch are like, no, there's more, like, trust me. And like, you just have the itch inside of you to kind of run mm-hmm. out and do it. And I sort of love that you went from filmmaking, which somebody like with a documentary to kind of being like into the trenches of podcasting where you just can go so, you can almost do so much more because you need so much less equipment. No, you're right. That's honestly why I made a podcast is because I knew how much money it costs to make a documentary that actually looks good, mm-hmm. that somebody like HBO is even going to want to take a look at. And I didn't feel like doing the whole crowdfund me Kickstarter oh, God, shit. No. Yeah. You know what I mean? And so a, a podcast I could make for a hundred bucks from this microphone I had, at, I bought at Best Buy and just could get started <laughs> immediately. And so that was honestly one of the biggest uh, you know, things that drew me to it, to be, to be honest. What was like your friends and family reaction when you were kind of like, Hey guys, we're just holding like your best buy receipt in hand. I'm gonna go to Georgia and just, you know, solve like you kind of like you like Scooby dude your way to Georgia. Like what was their reaction to that? I think I had dinner with my parents a, a few months after I had started this and it wasn't out yet. It was just this idea I had and I'd been talking to people and I told my mom that I was going to uh, look into this cold case and she was like huh interesting that, that's that's really good sweetie and i'm like yeah maybe i shouldn't do this shit actually <laughs> i was like maybe this is just the craziest thing i've ever done this is a bad idea <laughs> was there another moment like that when you were down there when you were just like i've made a huge mistake i mean honestly i feel like that continually today i i'm seriously like completely plagued with imposter syndrome even though I have like a, a sort of track record, if you will, of having done this in the past, you know, time and time again, there are still moments where I'm like, what the hell am I doing here? Why am I the person asking this person a question? Why am I knocking on this guy's door? What, what gives me the authority to do this? Mm-hmm. And I, I kind of have to just, I mean, block that out. I, I'm doing it now. And it's, it, you almost have to just be overly confident in yourself to go into these weird, dangerous situations to begin with. Yeah. Were you ever scared? Um, I'm never scared. No, I'm just kidding. What? Um, oh. <laughs> I was going to say, no, <laughs> no, like, there's something definitely... behind you on the Zoom. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. Uh, no, I, uh, I mean, for sure. Yeah, I think that um, most of the time I'm not, but it's the people who I feel like are genuinely unhinged and could do something crazy something that a normal person would not do, right? Just shoot me at the door, just something absolutely insane. Those kind of things freak me out, but I I know that it's really a small percentage of people who I have to worry about. Other than that, it's just really, it's the stress comes from juggling all these different relationships and it's a heavy topic. And so that's really kind of, I'm not really scared that often, but there are moments where you know, I'm driving in the car. I'm like, man, is this the last time I'm going to hear this song in the car? And like, usually it works out totally fine. No one's hurt. But there's always that little lingering fear of, you know, what if shit just popped off this time? You know, um, you never know. Yeah. Imagine like never you know. go out to Peaches by Justin Bieber. That'd be hard. That'd be really. Yeah. I mean, that'd be OK. I mean, <laughs> OK. There's, all right, good to know. <laughs> we'll play that. We'll play. We'll keep that in mind. Yeah. That's Georgia related. Kind of. Uh, <laughs> right looking back because now you're sort of like because when you first started you like you said 
microphone from Best Buy. Just see what happened. Looking back, I like that we started this rumor that it was from Best Buy. And we're like, so this is the fact. Oh, you said it was Best Buy? Yeah. I think it, I think it actually was Best Buy, yes. That's yeah. so funny. I just heard you say Best Buy receipt and was like, where did we get this from? Which honestly, we do that sometimes. Yeah, so I'm not putting Best it past Buy, anyone. So I got a cut. Yeah. But <laughs> is there anything that looking back, you're like, oh, I wish I knew then what I know now about interviewing or podcast or anything like that? Do you, or do you just kind of like, let it be bygones be bygones or do you look back and think, Oh, if I change this type of thing. I mean, there's always a little part of me that wishes I knew things sooner. I mean, a big one I could tell you is in the very beginning of season one of up and vanish, I was looking into all different persons of interest suspects out there. And the, um, in the investigator I was working with, he had this lead that he was working on that was looking into former students of Tara's mm -hmm. and at the time, it felt just extremely insensitive to be kind of poking around at this idea that she may be having a relationship with former students. And it just, you know, so it was kind of on the back burner. And I was looking into it, but I never broadcasted any of that. Then flash forward 12 episodes later, they arrest two former students for her murder. And it's just like stuff like that happens every now and then. But honestly, you can't really get too hung up on it. And you have to just go with your gut. And you live and learn. You live and you learn. I, I do feel like there's a few cases like weird deaths or mysterious deaths in Georgia that have been getting renewed attention lately. Are there is there anything that you have your eye on? I mean, I get sent so many cases all the time and I'm way too ADD to be looking into just a thousand cases at once. And I, I, I'm sure that people who don't know me would probably think that I'm just like overly obsessed with looking at clues and Dustin for fingerprints and shit like that. <laughs> but really, like, that's not really where I I get... Uh, that's not really what I'm drawn to. I'm really drawn more towards telling the story and trying to uncover something new. And um, I already lost your question. I'm sorry. I got distracted. Oh, no. I feel like you pretty much answered it. It's like, I, I just want to run down, like, some mysterious deaths and get your opinion. Ooh, Let's do it. Is that yeah. Okay. Have you heard about... Um, Tamla Hosford's death. She went to like, I think this was Georgia. She went to a party, like an all white sleepover. Mm -hmm. And then police claimed that she fell off the balcony, but that's getting like re-examined again now. Yeah, I know very little about that, but I'm familiar with the story. So just as a heads up before I say anything and hang myself with whatever I'm about to say, uh, I'm the kind of person who doesn't really believe in conspiracy theories and sometimes things can look really fucked up, but they just were really fucked up and it wasn't some bigger thing. Now, that being said, her death is definitely suspicious. She's this black lady, all these different white people are there. It doesn't look good, but it could have been an accident or maybe she was murdered. But I feel like unless there's something that is telling us the police are have some sort of motivation to cover it up or not look into it, which is possible, then I would just lean more on the side of maybe something tragic and, and a tragic accident happened. Mm -hmm. But I have no idea. That's fair. I do feel like there are a lot of cases where you could really just go down a rabbit hole of people's kind of outrageous theories. And you can choose to believe that as much as you can choose to believe the very simple explanation of like, 
I don't know. It was the husband or something yeah, like the moon mm-hmm. landing. You could just people, people, people spiral with the moon. But yeah. Oh, yeah. Reddit never ends. <laughs> well, and speaking of Reddit, because obviously once you started, once your podcast started picking up a lot of heat and conversation, obviously so much of that conversation happens on Reddit. Are you a Reddit user? Do you run from Reddit? Do you secretly look at it? What is your relation with Reddit? Well, first of all, Reddit hates me. Oh, so- I don't um, think they like me. I don't know. Oh, yeah, just yeah. literally Google <laughs> Payne Lindsay Reddit. And it's like, I don't even know what pops up, but it's like Payne Lindsay sucks like immediately. And I'm like, <laughs> geez, guys, what is going on? Um, I, I use Reddit mostly to, I have another podcast called Radio Rental that is just spooky stories. So I find a lot of stories on Reddit that people have posted in different subreddits. So I use it for that. I kind of, I take a peek at what people are saying about Up and Vanished and stuff like that. But honestly, if they're not looking into the case to the degree that I am, I'm not going to learn anything from some person on Reddit. It just doesn't really work that way. But, you know, I'm a, I'm a fan of Reddit. Reddit's just not a fan of me. <laughs> One-sided. Uh. <laughs> well, so right now you are, or for season three of Up and Vanished, you are... Uh, take us on a trip to Montana. Mm-hmm. You're going to talk about the disappearance of Ashley Loring, heavy runner. So are there any kind of sneak peeks or just background that you can share with us about what to expect? This whole experience for me has been a, a very wild ride, extremely emotional. Um, I wanted to cover a minority in season three because we've built such a huge platform with millions of listeners and up and vanished. And I wanted to highlight a case that's just largely underreported. So I think that that was one of the main reasons I was drawn to uh, a missing indigenous woman's case in the first place. But after being here on the reservation and seeing how people live and all the different problems they have with their law enforcement and why these cases could go unsolved, it was really kind of damning to me. And that's just one factor of many, but out here it's the, it's the, it's the wild west. Like genuinely it is, there's cowboys out here and it's just been insane because there's, I mean, at least three legitimate persons of interest who all have the, you know, their suspicious moments and it's really just a mind boggling case. And thankfully we've been able to kind of tap in and really gain access to all these people. So the listeners will be able to really be a fly on the wall for some really deep interviews with some suspicious characters and, you know, make up their own mind on what they think happened or if they're, if they're telling the truth to me or not. Was there anything that you learned about covering, let's say a white woman's disappearance versus covering that of an indigenous woman? I mean, I think the the biggest thing is just how underreported it is and how big of a problem it is. I mean, so many more native women go missing than white women statistically based on their population. And there's a lot of factors into why that is. But the biggest one is that the government just doesn't really give a shit. That's really like the main thing. Um, But just being there and experiencing, you know, what it's like to live there and dealing with law enforcement, having to deal with the FBI because they come in and, you know, mess things up as well and just how convoluted it gets with all the different agencies you see why there's a growing problem and i think that 
using this platform to highlight that is crucial. It's so true because even me and Sarah noticed that it's like every, there was a, whenever a major case of like a white woman going missing in that same area at the same time, it almost always happens. There is a woman of color or a person of color that also goes missing and just zero articles. And also then zero, I feel people are just in the community are so easy to, to write them off. And are you noticing in your interviews more friction than in past uh, cases that you've been unpacking either with the community that you're interviewing or just in a, a general conversation? I mean, first of all, law enforcement literally won't even call me back. <laughs> like they, as if they just don't work. Um, and <laughs> I was curious. I was like, Reddit hates you. So how does the FBI feel? <laughs> he only the has FBI, the cashier yeah. at Best Buy to help him out. <laughs> the FBI actually did talk to me for about 20 minutes. And it was a total just PR thing. I think they just didn't want to be... Uh, they didn't want me to say it in my podcast that the FBI didn't get back to me. Well, they did. They just didn't tell me anything good. Um, <laughs> but I mean, obviously the law enforcement is an issue. Um, but also as a white guy, I am definitely an outsider. So there are certainly some people in the community who may be uh, curious as to why I would be interested in doing this and covering this um, because they don't really see that very often. And so there's a there has been a little bit of resistance, but for the most part, I've been able to make some really cool friends and get close to a lot of people and gain their trust. And that's been key. And how does it feel for you? Like when you're, cause obviously when you're uh, going out recording interviewing, you are so in the world of it and it's a heavy world to be in because you're not, it's not like you're just in Montana chit chatting with people. You're talking about a disappearance, trying to, uh, like unpack things, find truths. That's a lot to, are you, like when you go back to your hotel room or wherever you're staying, are you able to kind of close the door and exhale or does it live with you? Like how is your like unpacking emotionally moment going? I think that I've gotten better at kind of compartmentalizing things, but what tends to happen, and this is what happened on this trip. Uh, you know, we flew out Monday and then we drove for four hours and right away, to this tiny town. And then the next morning I went to go knock on this guy's door who clearly, I mean, by far is the scariest guy I've ever had to encounter in my life. And so the headspace that you enter when you're doing that, it like is beyond podcasting, storytelling, any of that stuff. And it takes a little time to decompress from that. And then when you lose sleep and you kind of snowball a little bit, I, you know, sometimes I'm like, man, I'm starting to lose it. I, I, I made a phrase out here, like I'm losing my Montana marbles. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe it's the weed. I don't know. Um, but like, <laughs> no, but like, it's definitely, uh, it's definitely heavy. And I, I, I think that I can decompress faster just because I've done it now, but I still find myself, you know, not being able to sleep, thinking about something and being like, okay, you're doing this thing again. Let's uh, stop doing that. <laughs> so when you're not digging into disappearances, what do you do for fun? Um, I like to go out with my friends, go to bars, hang out, listen to music, uh, you know, whatever, normal stuff. Um, well, the- we heard you're a big Bachelor fan. 
Uh, I am. Yes. And it, I, I haven't watched any of the new season, but I, I'm planning on it. But I I am a closeted Bachelor fan. Um, <laughs> well, this is your coming honestly, out party. Well, not anymore. <laughs> yeah, you're, yeah. <laughs> Diana Ross, I'm coming out. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's just so, to me, it's hilarious. I just like watching, my favorite is The Bachelorette and watching all the, the Bachelors or whatever and just making fun of every single dude I see. That to me is my favorite part. And I, that's probably not very healthy, but to me, it feels really good. I think that's why we all watch yeah, that it's show. It's a cultural form right. of toxic masculinity and just kind of like how <laughs> steroids mix with whiskey and what happens from there. Yeah. <laughs> 100%. Yeah. Oh, truly. Okay. Well, when you watch Katie's season, I need to know what you thought about Greg. Okay. Because that has been the huge been conversation. Okay, I've seen like, I've seen that on the internet. I, I didn't know little. I didn't know very little about it, but I'll update you guys once I see it. And I am curious because you have the bleach blonde hair under the hat. I do. You have the tie dye shirt. Are these quarantine because pivots that you've been doing, or were they, were they just kind of your always thing? Because I feel a lot of people in quarantine. I noticed we're going to tie dye, hair dye, and sourdough bread. I just had like a moment. I, actually, it was like right before quarantine, where I was just like, kind of like. I want to bleach my hair. Fuck it. Like, <laughs> I don't have a real job anymore. I don't, it doesn't really matter. It could look absolutely terrible and it'll just grow out. That's fine. And then it, all of a sudden, like, it strangely looks kind of natural. Like my eyebrows, oh, yeah. it looks like I bleached my eyebrows. I I definitely don't at I all. I thought you did. <laughs> but it's like, it's like all of a sudden I bleached my hair and like, it's like my eyebrows changed colors. I was like, what the hell's going on? Uh, but no, I I like shoes. I like, you know, nice clothes and stuff like that. So I'm always trying to like, you know, upgrade my look. It doesn't always look good, but I'm always trying to make it look good. Well, I think online shopping is a fun way to splurge. It really it is. It does, retail it therapy is real. Salt. Yeah. It's real. <laughs> okay. Well, I want to be a little messy for a second. So apologies in advance, but couple days ago, you tweeted so many true crime podcasts, not enough of y'all knocking on doors, though. And I want to know if you can name any names. (laughs) It's a T like who who do you have a bone to pick with? (laughs) Oh, yes. To be honest, when when I did tweet that, I wasn't actually thinking about any podcast in particular. (laughs) I was just thinking about in general, just the surge of true crime podcasts. And now now what you guys do is different, right? This is like a, a talk show. You guys aren't the, f- the format isn't going to do that anyway. So it, I'm definitely not talking about podcasts like you guys. I'm like, you guys don't want us knocking on the doors because we'd be like, all right, we brought the wine. We're ready to party with the suspected I, murderer. Also, I would get, if I knocked on a door, I would end up in the cult. Like, I just know myself. If I tried to solve a cult, I'd be like, guys, they're not that bad. They're actually really nice. Try yeah. this cool later, whatever it is. Yeah. No, you don't know what God, I mean, Jared has to say. Yeah. <laughs> I just think that there's, a a surge in true crime podcasts. And, you know, I I feel like when I made Up and Vanished, there wasn't that many podcasts besides Serial that did the, like the investigative thing where there's a a main storyteller who goes out there and, you know, questions the suspect and develops relationships. There were some, but there wasn't that many. And I think that after Up and Vanished came out and years had gone by, I think other people realized that, oh, like, I can do that too. And that's totally fine. And I think that's great that it would inspire people, hopefully, hopefully the right people. But I also think that so many people who 
want to take a stab at that don't really understand the weight of what's going on. And it's never really fully broadcasted well enough in my own podcast of how crazy it really is. Um, and just juggling these relationships. And in that moment, I was just feeling like I had just left this guy's house. I was like, man, this shit is just, this is crazy. Like there aren't, like there aren't very many podcasters out here doing that. I wasn't like really trying to toot my own horn, but I was like, in the moment I was just feeling myself like, yeah. Not, not enough y'all knocking on doors though, but there, <laughs> yeah. but you know, there are some that do and and I, I, re- I respect them, but for the most yeah. part, they're, they're not the majority. And that's what I meant. <laughs> yeah. Well, I feel like it's interesting because cereal was like, I feel like there was this perception that you had to be a sort of like seasoned journalist, mm-hmm. you know, like Sarah Koenig had like mm-hmm. NPR behind her and everything. So there was maybe that belief. And then you kind of came in and proved like you, you know, you have interviewing skills. You don't have to like have worked at the times or whatever. You don't need the MPR kind of, voice of just like, and, oh then we are the, and I'm just like, Ooh. I can never talk. Like, no, it's, yeah. that is a skill. <laughs> that is its own language. <laughs> it really is. Yeah. I, I can't even do it. No. And I, it's also, cause you brought up a point too, that I feel is interesting that a lot of, we don't do this and I know you don't do this, but podcasts do where they'll kind of like take, uh, they're kind of like, um, take all this information and spew it as if like, and not give credit where credit is due in sure. terms of like um, sourcing and stuff like that. And I feel like that has to get annoying for it. Cause obviously you dive deep into particular cases. And then if you're just like, Oh wait, someone took this and like, didn't say where they heard it from and are just talking as if it's facts. It gets, it gets so annoying. It, it is honestly, sometimes I'm like, man, I wish I did my podcast differently because there are some <laughs> really successful podcasters out there. who don't have to put up with, any of the amount of shit that I do. And I'm like, man, maybe I'm just doing it wrong. Like, honestly, more power to them. But uh, yeah, I mean, like it's a, in this day and age, it, the internet and just, you know, how you find information, it, it's easy to take someone's reporting and then reuse it. And that gets complicated. And, you know, that's a, a common thing, but uh, yeah, that's just not at all, not, not at all how I do it. Uh, you know, obviously I, I look at all the other reports on the case that I'm looking into, but I want my own interview with that person and I want it to be better than that person's interview. Yeah. And I'm also curious too, because you said you watch The Bachelorette. Do you know, are you in the Bravo universe at all? Uh, I, I don't think so. Okay. Which, which shows? <laughs> You're like, uh, like Real Housewives? I'm not. People keep telling me I should be. Well, here's why. A, I'm bad at geography. Montana's near Salt Lake City in my head, and I feel in life. B, there are so many. There's a lot of fraudulent scams. Murder gets involved. A lot of stuff like that goes on there, and I feel like you would really enjoy it as a way just to kind of, you know, scratch an itch. (laughs) You're not the first person to tell me that, and next time we talk, we'll talk Bachelorette, and I I will watch something. Yes. Okay. Amazing. Something. Do you watch true crime documentaries for fun or does that work for you? Um, it's definitely not the same anymore. Um, <laughs> because, and here's, here's the main reason why. Um, like, I watched The Jinx before I made Up and Vanished, and that was also part yes. of my inspiration. And it's one of the few true crime docs where there's actually an amazing ending and you kind of learn something and you, he, let some stuff spill in the bathroom and, you know, it basically admits to killing people. Um, that was absolutely fascinating to me. And so I think that, you know, when I watched the jinx, when I listened to serial, 
I was very into it. I was immersed and I was, I was thinking about it and doing my own Googling and researching. I, there is no way that I could do that at this point. I can't really like, I can't invest the same anymore in other true crime docs because I'm really, I, because I'm kind of cuffed over here to do that in, on my own shows. And it's kind of a distraction to be looking too deeply into some, something that I'm not looking into for real. And so in a way it, it sucks because I, it, my, as a viewer and listener, I don't get the same pleasure anymore, but I just kind of try to channel that into the shows that I make. And I know what I liked about the shows that I watch and listen to. How can I put that into, you know, what I'm doing? So you guys feel the same. You know, it's the problem is everybody because we do a true crime show like everybody expects that once Netflix drops a true crime documentary, which is every single day, (laughs) I'm going to be the first one on it. But honestly, I feel like I rarely watch those things anymore. I just, you know, expose myself because it kind of is like work and they rarely have a resolution. And it's just like, you know, I'm going to get so invested in this thing. And and then like, it's just never, you know, I'm going to be unresolved. It's and they have so many extra episodes of nothing, which I'm just like, what is this for? It's like, I I feel you. Yeah. Where I'm like, why am I learning the geography of where we are? If it has nothing to do with it, if they're on, like, what what are we talking about here? Like it's, (laughs) it gets so infuriating. And that's when you just kind of like get the fatigue of flipping through. Yeah. It's been a while since there was like a big, like a really good documentary, like one that was just like very well done. I really liked Murder on Middle Beach, but I think that yeah. was really the last one that I liked. You're right, a lot. Though, that's the last one. You yep. and him should like, I feel like you guys would have fun hanging out. We'll go to. I've <laughs> talked to him before. He, he's, he's really cool. I really want to do something with him someday. He's he's awesome. I love that. And with your other podcast, Radio Rental, is that what is this like the scariest? Like you do like spooky stories on there. What's like the mm-hmm. what's the freakiest story or has there been a story that you're kind of like, all right, I hate that I just recorded that alone. What's happening? <laughs> there was OK, there was one story that to me was the absolute scariest. I'm going to try to summarize it as concisely as possible. But this guy grew up in this tiny town in Indiana. And I'm already terrified. Yeah, already scary. (laughs) (laughs) There was this spooky house on the corner and no one knew who lived there. And then all of a sudden this family moves in and um, he kept walking out into the woods to play with his G.I. Joes. And one day he met this girl who was back there and she was like probably 10 years old, about his age. And she was wearing really weird kind of clothes that didn't really fit her right. And just the way he described her, the way she looked was really strange. Her hair was all kind of matted and moppy looking. And throughout that whole summer, they, they played out there. And then one day she was like, "Uh, come here, I want to show you something. And she goes to this tree and there was like this little hole in the tree and she pulls out these Mm -hmm. cigarettes and they both smoke cigarettes and they both kind of, it was like a, a moment for him that was really strange. And then one day she just up and left and she, never came back outside to play. And then the house went up for sale. And so he talked his mom into letting them go to the open house. And so he goes to the open house and he's like, you know, where's your, your daughter isn't her room up here. And she's like, my daughter died like 15 years ago. That's, that's the, that's the first scary part, but it gets way, way scarier. So 
Then years go by <laughs> and um, he is telling his friends this story and he goes out in the woods. He goes, let me just show you this. And he, he, uh, he goes out there and he finds that whole hole in the tree and he finds that same pack of cigarettes. And he's like, he's like, what the hell is going on? He's like, this is like, it was like messing with his head. A few nights later, he's like losing sleep and he was having like a, a fever dream. And he had this dream that he was like walking down this alley and that girl was sitting on a bench and he walks up to her and she turns around and she takes off this wig and he realized that it was the mother dressing up as a girl playing with him in the woods. What? What? (laughs) Why? I have no idea. What? Whoa. No. Way, way scarier than a ghost. That, <laughs> that, is, that, is, that is so much scarier than a ghost. Exactly. I feel like it booed. Holy yeah. shit. Because that's yeah. like, that's a, oh God. Oh. And that is why yeah. therapy exists, kids. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> that one really fucked me up. Oh my I was God. like, wow. And he was 100% telling the truth. And it, he didn't want to tell this story. Like he, he was in the hotel lobby. And he said, I almost left and didn't, oh. didn't meet you guys. But he was super cool. He, he, you know, he, he came around. But really, all the stories we tell on Radio Rental aren't really ghost stories. They, they feel like them, but they're scarier because they're actually real. Like, and that's an example of, oh you know, that's scarier to me than a ghost. It's <laughs> the terrifying yes. facts of reality. Yeah, literally. <laughs> right. Like, Do you what believe is going in ghosts? Um, I think so, but like not in the traditional like uh, some soldier ghost that's like you know translucent like <laughs> not that i feel like there's probably like energy or something people get stuck or something places i i don't really know but um i believe in something but probably not in the traditional sense of what you would picture as a, a like casper the ghost you know that <laughs> <laughs> I need to go and listen to this story because it's you know what? Mara I've been sleeping too well lately. <laughs> yeah, the insomnia queen Sarah needs to listen to yes, this. Yeah. yeah, I need I need something to keep me up at night. So I'm gonna go listen to that. <laughs> Thank you so much for taking the time to chat with us. I love, I mean, yeah. all the way from Montana. You're coming through so crisp. The air is so crisp. And is there anything you want to say to to our people before we bid you adieu? Um, honestly, just thanks for having me guys. And I appreciate it. I hope you enjoy season three. And I think it's going to be very interesting to whoever gives it a listen. Oh, awesome. Do you know when we can expect to listen to it? Yeah. So episode one comes out September 1st and it'll go weekly. Yep. So pretty soon. Awesome. Amazing. All All right. right. Perfect. Yeah. Listen to open vanish season three, everybody. And be sure to follow him. Payne Lindsay on all the platforms. You can see his bleach blonde hair himself on Instagram. Check it out. And for the Twitter hot takes. (laughs) And before we go, I have an update from Reddit Payne. I just sent you a screenshot. Oh Oh my God. Oh God. When you Google Payne Lindsay Reddit, the first one that comes up is someone saying that they don't hate you anymore. You're kidding me. <laughs> the tides are turning, friend. Oh, my God. Wow, there oh, is a God. That is so funny. <laughs> oh, wow. my God. I, okay. I just, I just have to give you the good news that, uh, yeah, Reddit is coming around. <laughs> I stopped checking after a while. That's amazing. Thank oh, you. Check this out. This is good. I wouldn't say scroll too far, but the, the yeah, title's yeah. good. Title's good. Today's going to be a good day. I like this. <laughs> It was actually written by that old woman being a daughter. Sorry. (laughs) Wait, did you just post this? (laughs) (laughs) Well, thank you so much for coming on. We had such a blast. 
that was awesome. Thank you guys. Oh, yeah, so much fun. Not Another True Crime Podcast is produced by Jorge Morales Pico and Sean Kilby. Our hosts are Sarah Levine and Danny Murphy. Editing by Jorge Morales Pico. Social media by Sarah Levine. Be sure to follow at NATC Pod on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. And send us your emails to NATC at Betches.com. Betches.